Hello, this is Kenya Podcast Preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together on our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, It's in Our Nature. So even though I have about 150 messages to type out and throw out in Elan, I still ask God for a message from heaven that may be more important than the 150 he has already given me. Sometimes, as I have explained in the past, the bucket tips over and I get bunches of messages from heaven. In fact, they come so fast sometimes that I can barely set them up without fear of losing any of them. I mean, who wants to lose a pearl given to them from God? Titles, titles, titles. That's how they come to me, right? Yes, and so I'm listening to some really good worship, clearing emails, and responding to others, just waiting for a new pearl or access to one of the 150 and find the living one for today. It's in our nature. <laughs> I flash back to the preach I was having this morning on my drive down the Skyway, and voila, there it was hidden in my thoughts as I was talking to my imaginary friend, who is real, so don't concern yourself with the fact that I call them my imaginary friend. It's my way of protecting them from public humiliation and embarrassment, two things I'm not at all interested in doing. It's in our nature. We are born with it and there's no getting around it. Now, it's a lot of it's, and so I should define it so that you don't lose it. (laughs) In the context of this message, it is our rejecting God, Jesus, and the things of God regardless of evidence to the contrary. So yes, not believing in God is a natural response that you were born with. Now, for me, I don't feel better knowing this. I wasted 34 years of my life believing that I could make life work without getting distracted with religious things. I mean, how do you follow a dead man anyway, right? My first experience in religion was attending the dark halls of a Catholic church in San Jose. For me, at five years of age, this experience scared me and was very intimidating. Then, of course, there's the unfortunate experiences of being abused while being read passages out of the Bible. No doubt these experiences had their makings to keep me from desiring anything God. I will say that even though these experiences didn't move me in the right direction, I do remember talking to him, and at that time in my life, he represented my ceiling in my room. I don't ever remember him talking back, but maybe it was because I wasn't listening. I remember of those experiences that it felt very natural at that age to be talking with God. But regardless of my youthful experiences, both good and bad, I was not interested in having a relationship with a man hanging from a cross anyways, no how. It was in my nature to reject him. And so much so that even though I would talk with him, he was still not real to me. I guess real in the sense that I could actually engage with him and have a relationship with him. I knew nothing of relationships, only religionships, and I wanted nothing to do with that spooky stuff. So it's clear enough that we are born separated from God. Our spirits are dead at birth. That is, our spirits being in a position whereby it could connect with his. That we would be made alive. Ephesians 2 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So if we are dead to something for whatever reason, we will have no interest in it whatsoever. Even if it is God Himself, and you talk to Him at night while staring at your ceiling. So if we were to leave this right here, you could go on living in your sin birth deception, believing any and all lies about God. And when hell comes knocking, you would just enter in as if you were destined to do so. But because there's actually a plan in place, put in place by God himself, as no one could have ever come up with such a plan, he made a way for us to reconnect after birth. 
So now hell is only an option and not mandatory. Uh, you mean I now have a choice to choose? Yes, kind of, sort of. As long as your name is written in the book of life, you're in. If it's not, you probably will hang up on this message, as you will have no interest in what it has to say. Remember, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. So now let's take a bit of a detour so as to address the Nicodemus in the room. Why was Nicodemus doing religious things if he was dead in his trespasses and sins? Church, fasting, tithing, reading the Bible, scrolls, like a madman, praying, and doing such things as attributed to a religious man of his day. Why? Is this you today? Are you him? Well, not him specifically, as very, 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 very few of us are disciplined in spiritual matters. All the religious hubbub in no way is he, in that pursuit, going to end up in heaven. Yes, this is a strange phenomenon, and has and is occurring all throughout this spinning rock. People create their own version of a god and call it good. Now they can remain in control of their own spiritual sacrifices and run the show, so to speak. Yes, we have peeps creating their own religion. Same, same. People rewriting the Bible. So it meets their expectation of who God should be. All of these things and more are sure to lead that person who follows those things to the one place created for Satan. Hell. So, but wasn't Nicodemus different? I mean, at least he went to Jesus and not to Baal or Molech or some other frog god. Oh, believe you me, they have power and are set on messing up your day big time. But nothing comparable to God, for he alone is God. But back to Nicky, his spirit was as dead as Molech or Baal followers. So what made the difference? I mean, how did he know, even though spiritually dead, that Jesus was the one he was looking for in his mundane religious activity? I mean, it was in his nature to reject God. Well, let's go into the dark alley where he met Jesus to work it out. John 3, 1, 19. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So we see here that Nicky was a ruler, so he was very super spiritual, according to his title. We also see that he was not yet ready to risk having others find out that he was very interested in Jesus and what he was doing in his neighborhood. This is why he met him under the cover of darkness. You could also say that by way of revelation, that Nicodemus showed up in front of Jesus, cloaked in the darkness of his sins and transgressions. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The answer, I mean, this is it. Jesus told Nicky why he didn't quite see God and the things of God clearly. In fact, he was blind to the things of God. And the only reason he was at all interested in Jesus is because Jesus was preaching Jesus in the demonstration of power. And it is a gospel that got into Nicky. Otherwise, Nicky would have stayed home without a care in the world in his mind. But no one can resist the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Of course he would ask this logical question. Unfortunately, we have way too many people still reading the Bible in this manner. The spiritually dead cannot get the revelation of what Jesus is talking about and about to share with Nicky. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, 
and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. What did Jesus just say here? Well, he stated that we are essentially born spiritually dead. No amount of religion can quicken your spirit to life. None. He also stated something that must have shocked Nicodemus. You see it? Cannot enter the kingdom of God. What? After all I've been sacrificing? After all of the meals skipped? The hours of prayer time? The money? Let's not forget the money I've been giving. And you're telling me that none of this counts towards me getting into heaven? Yuppie puppy. I'm sure Jesus said it just like that. Now this could not have been easy for a person of Nicky's stature, who has dedicated his whole life to serving God, to hear. None of it counts. I cringe at the thought of the lines of people who will be in heaven, who will show up with their spiritual resume, hand it to Jesus, and be told that they totally missed it. Not in. Boom, as he stamps their resume with the word, rejected. And what makes this more difficult is the fact that Jesus tells us in advance that we can avoid the whole mess. You must be born again. It must happen. You must want it to happen in order to be converted. There are no exceptions to this process. None. No exceptions. You must be born again in your very spirit. Oh, and how will you know? Because you will begin to lose the appetite for sinning and of those things that are not helpful to you. Your friend list will change. You will get an appetite to hang out with those very people you used to mock and make fun of. No worries. We all did it before we got born again, too. Now, if you do not have an appetite to read the Bible, to go to church, to listen to worship music, then I would be greatly concerned that you may not be born again. This is not the same thing as believing in God. I believed in God all the while heading to hell at the near speed of light. Make sure you're born again. Check with other authentically born-again believers and ask them. Read your Bible and see if your life lines up in any of it. Take responsibility for your future destiny. Nobody will, and God gave you everything you need to determine your new address. Verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things? So was Nicky a false teacher? Nope. He was an ignorant teacher. Keep in mind that he believed in God and Jesus. He just wasn't born again, so he was spiritually blind. He couldn't get the revelation of what God was talking about. Verse 11. Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now in this next scripture, you know, there was a time when every kid in America knew what John 3.16 stated. Go ahead and see if you can find one now. It's not too late. Make sure your kids know and understand what this means. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is a condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So we see the gospel preaching the gospel. And when this happens, a spiritual impregnation occurs, whereby a person who receives the truth of Jesus experiences the second birth. Now think about this for a long moment. You are literally born again into a new creation. You are not the same human you were before this event took place. Believing in God won't take the place of being born again. No more than thinking about being pregnant will somehow produce a child. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are now a spiritual baby inside, even though you may be 50 years old. No amount of religion can make this event happen. There is nothing on this planet or in heaven that can do this. You literally get born again. And is it any wonder why people get so confused about this event? Nicodemus was an intelligent, knowledgeable man. And Jesus stumped him with this process. Born again. What? I thought we just got born and then we die. Nope. Once you are born, even if you are one day old in the womb, you are set to live for all of eternity. Yes, God gave us, humanity, the ability to create an eternal being. Now you can see why abortion is so wrong. Now, living forever takes some planning and strategy. For example, what will be our new address, heaven or hell? You see how it all makes sense and why you should read the book that explains what happens to you? and what you should do to grow as a spiritual baby so that you do not die a spiritual baby? And now knowing this, you must ask yourself, why would you be doing anything else but living for the one and only God? Why would you be investing in a world that will come to nothing? Why have 59 cars sitting in your garage? Now I'm not saying that we should abandon all of the things that it takes to live on this rock. I'm just saying that we should not focus on this now life, but focus on the eternal life where we will be getting a 2.0 body upgrade, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now let's see something, 1 Corinthians 15:44. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Now we know that it ends well for Nicodemus because we see here that he is now being public about his knowledge and relationship with Jesus. He has come out of the darkness and into the light. John 19.39 And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about a hundred pounds. Is it any wonder why we are mandated to preach the gospel? It is what made Nicodemus alive. This is what separated him from all of the other zombies who wanted to follow anything else but God. Preaching the gospel is the only method for impregnating those who were called according to his purpose, with the seeds of salvation. Mark 16, 15, 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. No other religion or God can do this. 
Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.